if the greatest thing is love and connection, then the worst thing is loneliness and fear. And I also think the connection with Mother Earth is so important right now. And I mean, we know that fear can shut your immune system down by over 50%. So just staying in that fear mode, you know, which is amplified by masks, by the news. I mean, what easier way to capitalize, you know, clickbait than fear? It's just a primal thing for us to connect and for us to be outside. And so make sure that you're not isolating more than you need to. You're not just sitting inside and and not connecting with people like you can, you know, potentially on video. And if you do it on video, sit outside if you can sit outside or, you know, go take a walk. Those things are so critical. That's Sean Wells. And this is episode 359 of Wellness Force Radio. Wellness Force Radio, where we discover the physical and emotional intelligence to live life well. You can have the same brain states as someone who's done an hour of meditation every day for 40 years. There's a lot of losses that we go through, so the ability to be able to cope with those losses is very important to build skill in it, because loss will happen. You know, you have to have spiritual courage to really grow spiritually, because if you really want to take guidance from your soul, you have to be ready to realize that many of the things that you're asking for guidance on, your ego has some kind of an addiction to or an investment in. Hey, podcast world, it's Josh, and you're here on Wellness Force. Today in the podcast land is an incredibly timely and really timeless topic. It's this intersection between healing, self-love, and mental health. Now, we're learning from a friend and a global nutrition expert who had his own struggles and has learned through the practices he's going to share with us in such depth today on the show. This mental strength was really a conversation we had pretty much in a coffee shop on Facebook Live that just happened to be recorded for this podcast. Now, it's live at wellnessforce.com forward slash 359. You can also go to our YouTube channel. We have a really awesome videographer. Shout out to Alan Nuncio from Vision X, who's making the best videos I've ever seen. And you can get them for free at youtube.com forward slash wellnessforce. Now, this podcast really hinges on community and that's where most things begin. This communion between being united, being in unity. But, you know, for many of the shows we've had and all the people that have spoken to this point of unifying your own self, your own body, your own mind, your own spirit, that has to happen before anything else. I mean, love is not a light switch. This has been the journey for me as well, as I know it has been for you, this path of self-love And by the end of this podcast, you're going to learn from our featured guest, the true ingredients when it comes to healing, self-love, and mental health. This is a man who's an expert in the fields of performance, nutrition, fitness, longevity, supplementation. He's got a master's degree from Chapel Hill, and he has deep studies in nutritional biochemistry and exercise science. And he was on the road to being dubbed the world's greatest formulator and keto authority and biohacker when our guest faced significant, and I do mean significant, obstacles with his own health and weight issues and depression and autoimmune conditions like Epstein-Barr, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome. Do you ever realize this? It's like all of us that are called in some way, we heal ourselves and then we share that healing journey with others. That is exactly what we're talking about with our guest today. He went on to then be the chief science officer for Biotrust Nutrition, and he's worked on patents for ketones, exogenous ketones, and glucose tolerance agents, and so much more. He's the founder of the world's greatest ingredients alongside a team of PhDs and scientists. This is the one and only Sean Wells. Now, Sean's a brother of mine. I love this man's heart, his authenticity, and it's a phrase that gets thrown around a lot, right? Vulnerability. Well, Sean is truly a man who has connected his head and his heart And this vulnerability is his power. And what you're going to learn from Sean today will truly change your life if you're open to and committed to applying these practices, you know, the continuum of intelligence, gathering, applying, and then lastly, embodying. We're going to learn from Sean how we can connect to and let go of our fear, how to deal with mass fear that the media is spreading with COVID-19 and racism and protesting. We also talked about the power of words and mental health, how to lead from our wounds as we explore John Wineland and Alison Armstrong's work. And we also talk about the new era of conscious masculinity. If you're a woman listening in a heterosexual relationship, or if you're a man listening and you're curious about how to be more conscious or however you identify, like this is a great dialogue of what it means to be a conscious man in today's kind of crazy, stressful world where 
roles are changing so quickly, it's hard to keep track sometimes. Sean's going to give you some tactical and tangible ways for you to do that. And we're also going to explore how to keep yourself and your family safe from the marketing and the contact tracing and really understanding how much marketing data is being collected about you by Apple and Google and Facebook and how you can use your breath to always bring you back home. Now, look, I know the mental health and even self-love is a very sensitive topic, especially right now where so many people are honestly pushed to their limits in all ways. And you know, there's more stress right now than ever. And I feel like I want you to know when you listen to this podcast, you are loved. You are supported. You are on the right path. Just the fact that you're here with us and with me means that you're in the right place because I know you can feel it in my voice. I know you're going to feel it in this podcast with Sean. And you're on the path to everything that you want. It's actually just beginning with loving you, accepting you, and the recurring commitment to do so. We're all getting better. Nobody's perfect, but you can empower yourself and somebody you care about by doing us an easy but really powerful favor. And that is to share this podcast. Share this podcast with your mom or your dad or your brother or sister or just anyone that's struggling with mental health or self-love. There is some huge lessons to be integrated from this show. So let's dig in right now with the one and only Sean Wells. Hey, everyone. Hello, friends across the globe. It's Josh Trent from Wellness Force. I'm here with a, a brother, a friend, a colleague, Sean Wells, the ingredientologist. Sean, how you doing today, man? I'm doing so good. It's good to be on the show, brother. This has been a long time coming. You know, I can uh, flash back before I had many of my spiritual thresholds, which by the way, if everyone you're watching across the world, let us know where you're watching from because we're all up leveling. Can you feel it? Everybody I know, freaking everyone across the world is like going through something. And we're going to talk about this today with Sean, mental health, biohacking as it relates to being a whole human. Uh, a human of wellness. And really this mental health concept, Sean, like so many people are aware of mental health. I think last month was mental health awareness month, right? May was mental health awareness month. Yeah. But yeah. when it comes to real mental health, like people see you out in the public and they're like, oh, this guy's got it all together. He's worked with all these amazing human beings. He's formulated products for companies that went on to sell multiple millions of dollars. Like people might look at you and they'd say, he's got it all together. But you have a unique story, man, and it's a true honor to be able to be with you today because the last time we spoke, people don't know this, we basically had a podcast that we didn't record. <laughs> and so here we are. Yeah. That's right. I'm about to record this one and it's going to be a duplication. You know, my intention with Wellness Force is always about discovering, uh, discovering physical and emotional intelligence. So before we dig into you, man, like just share with people um, what's top of heart for you, what's top of mind for you right now in the world, in wellness and health and everything. Like, what do you believe is a message that's coming through you right now that is most important for people to know about you? You know, <laughs> I just watched uh, the entire Star Wars series, and uh, I think it's like Yoda that says, uh, fear leads to pain, pain leads to suffering, and suffering is the path to the dark side. And I just see, and, and I had another friend that I kind of connected that with that told me the opposite of love is not hate, but fear. And I feel like with the masks, with the rioting, with the worries about uh, COVID, the worries about jobs, the worries about socioeconomic status, the worries about safety, the worries about uh, relationships right now, being too close or too far apart from the ones you, you love. It's just generated so much fear and therefore pain and anger and suffering. And, and that really resonates with me right now. Like I'm a deep empath and I think we've talked about that. And yeah, um, I just, I feel like I'm suffering a bit myself. Like I've taken on a lot of this energy and, um, and it's left me struggling. It's left me like angry at like, why can't the world just, you know, pull it back together? Why can't we just hug it out? You know, I watched like, uh, I rewatched The Office because I 
I struggle sometimes, like when it's really dark and depressing, like I don't want to like watch dark and depressing things. So I was watching The Office and uh, Michael Scott, like his way of like fixing things like, uh, you know, Dwight kind of uh, did something underhanded to him and he said, hug it out, bitch. And that was his solution. He's like, you know, whenever I have a problem, that's what I say to another man. And it just seems to work. Yeah. And, um, and man, like, you know, that feeling of like, there's that first 30 seconds of fear, right? Like, because you're being held. I mean, it's just like everyone, I have a little dog and people want to pick up my little dog thinking it's a puppy all the time. And there's fear that's generated from that. Like, why are you like picking me up? Why are you like holding me? Now I'm in a position where I have no control. And so when somebody embraces you tightly, there is a moment of fear. But there's that 30 seconds in when your whole body releases and the oxytocin goes and you settle in and you hear it every single time you hear that and you feel the body release. And this is when two men are hugging, you know, women, male and female, whatever, that there's a fear at first and it's just natural. But then like we really release and it is the best feeling. And I feel like, God, like if we could all just hug each other, <laughs> if we could all just yeah. talk to each other, yeah. you know, just have a conversation. I mean, all of this stuff is revolving around fear. And I just want people to just talk to each other and hug it out, bitch. All right. Well, I love this for like five different reasons. Um, the first two being the oxytocin component. Like we all know what it feels like to give a hug and to receive a hug. I think right now, because of what you'd mentioned with the mask wearing and like the forced isolation, the forced lockdowns and all these laws that are really dehumanizing, they're taking away people's worthiness and dignity. And I think what we're all experiencing is this, as, as Eckhart Tolle calls it, like the pain body is still rippling from this. It just happened. You know, everybody's trying to pretend like everything's okay and put on your good face. And I don't think it's time for that yet. I don't, I really don't think it's time for that yet. I think we're actually in the middle of the lesson. We're, we're actually in the middle of the journey, man. And so I love that we start the show with like a nutrition and health professional who's just raising his hand and saying, Hey, I'm hurting too. And, um, that's the truth. You know, because so many people have been like writing in from Wellness Forest. We have people watching from Portugal, Texas, Australia, Minnesota. Um, hello, everybody who's watching here. Let us know, like, what are you struggling with right now? Because this is a world around expert of formulations. You know, it's funny, Sean, like the ingredients for tasty foods and the ingredients for um, health products that'll actually serve people on a nutrient basis. We have the same damn requirements when it comes to emotional health. You know, we need certain emotional nutrients. What do you think that recipe is when it comes to emotional nutrients, emotional satisfaction? Um, and how are you putting that into your life right now? Man, that's so hard. And, and you know, I really do feel for people that there's nothing. If the greatest thing is love and connection, then the worst thing is loneliness and fear. It's not just, it's not just fear. It's, it's a deep sense of loneliness. And, and, um, for me, it's, it's going to be connection and it's a blessing just right now to be connecting with you and, and someone who's heart centered. And I would challenge people right now to, like get a life coach to get a therapist. Like I just started working with a psychiatrist. I do have mentors and coaches and people I call. I do have people like you I've connected with and have deep conversations with very vulnerable conversations. Now is not the time to be superficial. I mean, it never really is, but now is the time to get that connection. And I also think the connection with mother earth is so important right now and getting your sunlight, getting your grounding, you know, getting out there and getting just fresh air and the, the geomagnetic forces and, 
and, you know, the vitamin D that's been shown to be so important, but, you know, it's just a primal thing for us to connect and for us to be outside. And so make sure that you're not isolating more than you need to. You're not just sitting inside and only watching Netflix and, and not connecting with people like you can, you know, potentially on video. And if you do it on video, sit outside, if you can sit outside or, you know, go take a walk. But those things are so critical, like your neurotransmitters, like serotonin, dopamine, GABA, uh, you know, acetylcholine, like all these things like, you know, need to be active. And I feel like, I mean, we know that fear can shut your immune system down by over 50%. So just staying in that fear mode, you know, which is amplified by masks, by the news, the news wants, I mean, what, like, what easier way to capitalize and on, uh, you know, clickbait than fear. So, you know, Trump, blah, 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 COVID, masks, uh, Black Lives Matter, you know, riots and racism. It's like everybody's trying to be forced to pick a side, this division, this like illusion of separation that's being belched out of a megaphone that's trying to put people in that fear. And, And here's the thing is there's people that are Trump followers and and people that are, you know, pro Biden or whatever that are we're like one being we're like one sentient being it's literally it's like trying to separate out cells from the body and say you don't belong here you're a bad cell and you know whatever like we're we're meant to be part of the same body and we if we could hug it out if we could take a walk with each other if we could really connect and hear each other um I think that would be a powerful conversation. I don't know if you've ever seen the video by Joyner Lucas. Uh, I'm not a racist. No, I haven't. Uh, he's an incredible rapper. And um, he takes the perspective of both the white person and the black person on on many of these topics. And in the video, it's kind of like a good old boy that's, that's you know, rapping to his first part of the rap, a uh, good old, you know, white boy. And then like, and then a you know a black guy, and you know both are actually his parts, but it's really brilliantly done. And at the end, you know what they do? They hug it out, bitch. That's right. And they really yes. do. They, and they and they say some kind of like nasty stuff, but you know what? There's truth in all of it. Mm. You know, as much as there's lies and manipulation, there's truth in all of it too. And that's why all of it persists, and all of it raises our fear. And if we just have the conversations and say, we don't have to completely agree, but I understand where you're coming from, man, that's, a, that's like a huge leap forward. This show wouldn't be able to live and be brought to you for free without our partner, Cured Nutrition, a 100% organically farmed cannabidiol. Say that like three times fast, cannabidiol. <laughs> it's more than just CBD though. CBD can be quite confusing. So I simplified it. I did the research over six months. I found Cured Nutrition. This is all the parts of the plant, the hemp plant that give you rich terpenes and healing compounds that allow you to sleep well and move well. And now multiple scientific research studies have shown promise around using cannabidiol for pain management as well. This is a full spectrum, 100% organically farmed hemp oil. It's grown in the rich sunshine rays of Colorado. I don't know if you've been to Colorado. It is easily the perfect place in the entire United States to harvest powerful nutrients and plant medicine. Essentially, that's what this medicine is. It's plant medicine for your body and soul. I personally take the full dropper of the 2000 milligram. I place it under my tongue for 60 seconds. I feel this in my digestion. It gives my stomach this warm, calming feeling. Give Cure to test drive. If you've been dealing with pain or anxiety or you can't sleep well at night, Go to wellnessforce.com forward slash cured. Get 15% off your organically farmed full spectrum hemp. Wellnessforce.com forward slash cured. And use the code wellnessforce to get a nice savings. 15% is really good, y'all. Check them out. Give them a test drive. This is the great pause, Sean. I've heard like many people in our world describe this time right now as the great pause. And what do we do when people are speaking and like someone goes like this? We all kind of lean in 
we all kind of like pay attention because we're wondering what's coming next. And I feel like as a collective, we really get to take this pause together right now and ask ourselves, what are we willing to fight for? Because there is this phrase that I think you and I have heard a lot, and it's like, love is greater than fear, or all there is is love. And, and that's the truth. Like, these aren't just platitudes, but also love does more things than just sit and wait. Like, love takes action sometimes. Love defends for its family. Love goes out and hunts food and brings it in. Love goes out and love bees. Yes, love is a be-do-have system. <laughs> like, I totally believe that. But we also get to do certain things. From a doing perspective, what do you think for mental health specifically? And we're going to dig into your story, man, because I really want to open up people to your heart and your story and your thresholds. But as we transition into that, like, what do you believe the recipe is right now for us to do from a place of love? Man, I'll tell you what, I... I had this thought the other day that most people want to be the loudest voice in the room, want to be heard. And I feel like, and and they think the most powerful person is that loudest voice in the room, is the talker. The most powerful person in the room is the listener, the great listener. Mm. It's powerful. It's so powerful. The great listener can be the great talker because like you said, that pause and people lean in. They can be quiet the whole night and then when they finally say something, people want to hear. You know why? Because they've been assimilating, they've been thinking, they've been feeling, they've been putting the pieces together. Instead of just trying to talk over someone, they're listening. Yeah. And listening is becoming a lost art. And people have their cell phones out and whether they're looking at it or not, it makes a statement that I'm prioritizing certain things besides you. The most important thing you can do is fully engage with someone, stare them in the eyes and say, you have my full attention and I will listen to you. Because you are what matters most right now in my life. I'm in the here and now. Your words are what I'm going to focus on. I'm not going to wait to get my point across. I'm not going to wait to win you over. Wait to tell you why I'm right. Wait to tell you why you should love me more. Wait to tell me, well, tell you why I'm better than you on socioeconomic status on yeah. a, a number of things why i you know can lift more weight why i have more money why i'm this or that i'm going to listen to you and that is power true power is in the listening i'll never forget this moment i had in an ayahuasca ceremony last year i was throwing up i was crying i had snot coming out of my nose i was crying and i was throwing up at the same time <laughs> I mean, talk about, talk about getting like beat down to my knees, you know, but I remember like, um, mother ayahuasca, she was just saying this message over and over and over again. And she was like, are you listening? Are you listening? And just kept saying it. And finally I just opened up with snot and vomit on my mouth. And I was like, I'm listening. I like screamed it out. And what I heard was, oh, I am actually doing the work in the world that's needed. If I have the courage, if I can believe that I'm worthy enough to do it. And that right there is like the path I'm going to walk for the rest of my life. And it's because in that moment, I was given a decision point, like an inflection point. We all get beat down to our knees at some point in life, maybe multiple times, man. And, you know, whether or not everything happens for a reason, which I'm curious how you feel about this, your health problems took you down a path that did happen for a reason, because now you're here with me now. And we get to have this conversation as brothers now. So... Take us to the beginning of this journey of supplementation, becoming, you know, a world-renowned ingredient um, specialist to be able to give people healthy products and then having your own health struggles. I feel like this is the same thing for all of us, Sean. It's like the wounded healer then becomes the healer who goes up the mountain, who shares the journey with everyone else. So walk us on that journey, man, like from whatever point feels right. Um, how you even got into health. I know you went to college for like business and marketing, but then you're like, Hey, I actually enjoy health. I like health more than business and marketing. 
Um, but then on that path, man, you had some, some serious, uh, health concerns that at some point took you down a path of, of real darkness. So share that with us, man. So we understand you, please. Yeah. You know, I, I, uh, had my brothers, uh, you know, run away at an early age, a bit of a chaotic house. And, uh, I had, um, uh, a lot of bullying at school for being overweight, obese, uh, made fun of. I had a, a large rear end, which kind of made it worse. I got called, you know, fat ass and, and, you know, like made fun of, like I was some girl, like, um, never really got to date much, like had to become a, a class clown to kind of compensate, but certainly got deeply insecure about my body, uh, felt judged and, um, and inferior and, you know, in every kind of alpha male scenario. And, um, I was smart, but, um, never wanted to truly assert myself in, in the strongest way because I felt like the weakest, most unloved person in the room, uh, and most unworthy person in the room. And so food and, and depression kind of became my, uh, my focus and, and, but also trying to be like, you know, the funny guy. And I, and I think, you know, you see that time and time again, like, I can with relate. The, uh, you know, the, the Chris Farley, the, um, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Robin Williams, you know, like a lot of these people, like even, even when I see videos of, uh, Chester Bennington from, uh, Lincoln park, you know, like, he was kind of the clown of the group and, and, you know, it's like the tears of the clown thing, right? Like, I think there was a song yeah. in that, right? Tears. Right. Of the yeah, clown. yeah, exactly. It's just, um, there's a lot of pain, um, on the inside that you're trying to, to compensate for. Um, but I got into college and, and got into the top business school in the country and, um, you know, everyone told me that's what I need to do is just go into business, go make money, get a real job. And I started working out. I started getting in shape. Um, I started getting noticed. I started becoming an expert of sorts as people saw my transformation. And, um, you know, people were no longer laughing at me, but asking me, you know, lots of questions. And I went to the doctor uh, to get a you know, physical for my next year's school. And I was telling him about my passion for nutrition and sports nutrition. And it was just when creatine had come out and it, combining it with whey protein. And, and again, I was just getting these amazing results. And he drew up this lifeline for me from, I was 20 at the time and, you know, to 80. And he said, why not be happy between here and here? And that literally changed my life path, Josh, like it. And it's just crazy that, you know, you want to talk about listening? That listening changed my life. He didn't have to listen. He didn't have to tell me that. But that moment changed my life. And you never know when your words are literally going to change someone's life path. And he could have said, you know, supplements are stupid. Like, you know, that's what I expect most doctors to say, especially 20 years ago or more than that. Sure. Um, and for him to, to kind of see me, see deeply into me and like, tell me that, I mean, I was powerful, but then, you know, so like I ended up finishing up my, my business degree and, and then deciding I'm going to go back to school to get all the prereqs I need to get into Chapel Hill, which was my dream school to get my master's in nutritional biochemistry, be the supplement formulator, all this crazy stuff. And uh, my parents were down in North Carolina at the time, so I thought I could get in in school at uh, Greensboro and then kind of establish from there. And I went to the guidance counselor there. He told me that you're a business student and you need 26 credit hours a semester to do this of pure sciences with labs. You're going to fail and you'll fail miserably. And I left his office crying, sobbing, and almost used a full bottle of alcohol and pills that night to kill myself 
is the dream I had been working two years for that I had believed in, um, that I felt alone in the world in, that I was ready to just put on a credit card to do anything. Hmm. Um, he took away from me. And again, the power of words. I don't know how many dreams he had broken in his lifetime, but he had certainly broken mine. But, you know, luckily I didn't kill myself and I did decide to put everything on a credit card uh, and take mm. this like crazy chance. And I did it in two years. I got straight A's. I thought of it every day what he said to me, and it was honestly kind of hate that fueled me. Uh, wasn't the healthiest thing at the time, but, you know, it kept me from going out and partying. It kept me from doing all these different things and ended up getting into Chapel Hill and, and uh, getting into that master's program that was one of the top in the country. And, and, you know, that was satisfying, but I've always thought about how like one man, you know, kind of made my dreams and, and another man, almost took them away and almost took my life away. And I've thought about the power of my words a lot when I speak to people. And, um, and really, while I was at Chapel Hill, I ended up getting very sick, uh, getting Epstein-Barr virus, chronic fatigue syndrome, Hashimoto's, fibromyalgia. Wait, like wait, the- all these things all at once? All at once. Why do you feel looking back they happened all at once? Because every emotional... Yeah. Uh, undealt yeah. lesson has some kind of physical symptom. What yeah. was emotionally going on at that time? Why do you think all these things stacked all at once? I mean, that's pretty heavy for anybody yeah. to bear. Yeah. You know, I was, uh, I felt very lonely at the time when I was uh, drinking probably six nights a week and going out and trying to find love and connection. Um, I was doing fairly well in my program. I, I think I've always done well with academic matters, but not emotional matters. So I was able to, to go out all the time, but still do great in my classes. I mean, even advanced biochem and all this stuff. Um, but I think that's what it was. I was just, I was pushing my body. And, you know, I also um, got anorexic and orthorexic at certain points in there too. Yeah. I think you told me you were like 150 pounds and then you were yeah. three, 300 pounds. I can relate. I was yeah. 280 and then I went down to 180 and now I'm yeah. like 215 and I'm like pretty good between 205 and 215. But you yeah, were yeah, like, yeah. man, you were like 300 to 150. I mean, yeah. that's insane. Yeah. yeah, it is. It is. I looked like a bag of bones and, uh, and I literally remember like getting on a scale, like right after I would pee and say, ah, oh, I'm a half pound lighter. I mean, I was obsessed. What creates that? Orthorexia. I mean, just complete body dysmorphia. Yeah. And just never, like, literally, I couldn't get skinny enough. You know, like, I remember, like, uh, we looked at this case when I was in school for nutrition of this uh, lady that that chronicled her path to to death, and she couldn't stop her anorexia. And she knew that she would eventually die from it, but she chronicled uh, the photos and the way she was feeling and she did eventually die. But I thought, damn, that's so powerful to know Mm. that you can't even stop it. Like, you know, that's, that's rough. And then there was a period that, that I had orthorexia that I was like working out like four hours a day became because that became my identity. I mean, I was just desperately seeking some kind of love and, and body was the biggest challenge uh, when I was growing up. So body became a focus for me when I was trying to connect with guys and, and be athletic yeah. And when I was trying to get dates with girls and be attractive and I was tired of being the, you know, acne fat ass that, you know, girls laughed at and guys didn't want to hang out with. And I've gone down this road because this show is about spotlighting you and mental health in your story. And I'll just interject a little piece here because, man, this is why you and I understand one another. I was bullied. I was overweight. 
I took a lot of emotional uh, abuse on that I didn't know at the time was emotional abuse. And now at 40, I'm like reconstructing the story about why things happened for me instead of things happening to me. And it's not just lip service. It's not just like, oh, I'm going to put some spiritual facade on my life. And, you know, all these things have have happened in the greater good. Yes, they actually have because I'm doing the work to understand that. I went through a phase where I took out a bunch of um, hatred on the feminine. I was totally unconscious in my 20s. And, you know, like having sex with women without loving them and like really just taking so much for granted about sexuality itself. And now this new masculine, you and I, are the voice. We're one of the many hundreds of thousands of voices that are really leading the new masculine. But we have to lead, as John Wineland says, we lead from our wounds, but our wounds don't lead us. How do you right. see that multiplying with your story? Man, that's that is such a great question. And that reminds me of like the the book like Mask of Masculinity that uh Lewis Howes put out. And um, you know, it's so true. Like we grow up, like I grew up with uh, you know, faggot, faggot, this gay, that, you know, like, just yeah. like you had to be like ultra male and, you know, it was Arnold Schwarzenegger. What are you, a pussy? Right. Smear, you smear the pussy, queer in yeah. high school, smear the yeah, queer in man. middle school. If, if you were, you, if you had the ball, you would smear the queer. It's like, what? Like, I'm even right. unpacking that now as a man. I'm like, how, why did we do that? What was that? Right. Right. And crying meant you were a girl crying meant you were a faggot or a pussy. I mean, this stuff, did get thrown around so much that it's hard to undo that to have emotions, to be empathetic, to connect on a deeper level, um, to listen and not just try and like, you know, like alpha male, like shoot up the room. Like, you know, those, those were our role models was the, you know, the Bruce Willis and the, and the, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone and Rambo. the guns and the, yeah. yeah, Rambo and Predator, you know, and all these things. And like, I mean, you know, the, the one guy that I remember really admiring in the media, like when I was growing up was, um, was just Little House on the Prairie and, and, you know, the way Pa like Ingalls act acted. And, you know, like, I felt like, you know, looking back, like, I feel like that's the way, like, a man can have manners, a man can uh, be traditional and values. Yeah. And, you know, treat people with respect. And it's not a disrespect. And, you know, a man can, can be that quietest person in the room, but be the strongest person in the room. Why do you think that that gentleman Jim was so strong? Because he was a gentle man. And this is I love where we are in our conversation and in our friendship, man, because it takes real vulnerability, which is also power. I don't care if you've listened to Alison Armstrong or Brene Brown. There's a reason these women have millions and millions and millions of followers. It's because everyone is recognizing now, man, to be vulnerable, to be a gentle man, when we look at masculinity, that actually gives us that space between the head and the heart that's closed. I can even think back to you and even me being bullied and getting so much emotional abuse disconnection from our head to heart was imminent. How were we supposed to be connected to our head to heart when that meant us being in pain? The soul leaves the body when it's in pain. Do you feel the same way when you look back, Sean, about the separation of head to heart? And and do you feel like you're in the path right now of closing that separation from head to heart? Oh, hundred percent. Like, yeah, hundred percent. Like pain got to be so dark and deep that you know, when I felt like left alone with my thoughts, that's when it would get dark and suicidal. And there were several points that I got suicidal, including, like I said, that time, like right after the guidance counselor. And then that time when I got hit with all those autoimmune issues that I felt like I'd never be able to get out of bed, that I would be in pain for the rest of my life. And luckily I stumbled into the ketogenic diet and did all these supplements and you know, did many of the things that I've, I've, um, been known for today and, and, you know, was ahead of my time on, but it was out of like desperation and need, but yeah, a hundred percent like that is and and you know, what's been one of the most powerful things for me is finally connecting with high level achieving men 
and seeing that they're all hurting too. When I got in my first mastermind, I did um, uh, School of Greatness with Lewis Howes. And I had this imposter syndrome when I walked in because, you know, all these people are saying, I make millions of dollars and I have millions of followers on Instagram and I'm, 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 I'm. And I've always been this overachiever trying to compensate, you know, for that pain. And that's where I plugged myself in 80 hours a week and, and grinding. But I realized quickly that, oh, my God, everyone in this room has imposter syndrome. And it becomes like, yeah, it's a calling card almost of overachievement. And then I've gotten into more uh, masterminds with other people. I've been in the rooms with, with several billionaires now. And you think, wow, I mean, like these guys got it all figured out. And they're the ones sobbing. Mm. And, you know, enough with the must be nice crap. You know, because I get that too. Must be nice. You know, must be nice to, and we're not listening and we're not having empathy. Everyone hurts. And the most successful people, the most achieved people, often I have found are some of the most hurting people. They're not content. Mm-hmm. Money is not success. Happiness is success. So don't get it twisted. This person that has millions, tens of millions, hundreds of millions, billions can be some of the most hurting people in the room. I would say that more than 40% of these high level achieving men that I've talked to have been molested. Yeah. Why do you think that is? And, and, and you don't hear about that. Why do you it think goes that back is? To the masculinity thing, right? Mm-hmm. You know, this is, we, this is something we all have heard too, is like sexual abuse is a big one for people that are high achievers. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, because now it's all messed up because you don't feel like you can be the protector for the female. You don't feel like the alpha male anymore. Like you feel like your innocence has been violated but also your ability to be the man has been violated. Yeah. And what does that even mean anymore, Sean, to be the man? You know, like I, I think to be the man, I'm curious how you feel. To be the man now means that we can hold space, we can chop wood and carry water, but we can also have the emotional intelligence to tune into what's real. Like there's a pretty big demand on the conscious male right now. Back in the day, it was the old school patriarchy male where it's like, shut up, cook my meal and do what you're told. I'll make all the money. I control things. And I use your last name to transfer land and title. And that ain't going to work anymore. But we're in a totally different world, man. Do you feel like the the world is those three things I mentioned? The conscious man world? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you and I are, are always like synced up on that. And I think... I think that the the conscious male can still be like we don't have to be the the new PC like where we're stripped of what makes us male. Exactly. We don't have to be we can still be strong and again be strong but great listeners, be strong and have great manners. You know, be strong and you know have physical strength but also not need to apply that physical strength, you know, like, I mean, that's, that's like the Superman Clark Kent thing, you know, it's like, we have the ability, you know, like I've got a fast car uh, that I've been blessed with that, you know, it's like most of the time, like, you know, people come racing up beside me and I don't feel like the need to do anything because I'm like, I've got the car, like, you know, it's, it's fast enough. I don't need to prove anything. And, you know, it's, like most of the time we don't need to prove ourselves. Like we just need to show up. You know, that's like people that are projecting their own fear and insecurity on you yeah. all the time. You don't, if you're always out there trying to prove, then you got to rethink. Like we, we are getting fear projected on us and we're projecting things back out. So instead of, Seeing like if you're saying if the script in your head's always saying, oh, man, this guy ain't shit like I'm the man like this guy ain't this 
Like, oh, he's he's weaker than me. He makes less money than me. He's not. He can't dunk a ball like I can. He can't do that. He can't go to the school I went to. He can't roll in the hood that I'm from. He's not tough. He's not this. He's not. Man, if you're thinking all those things, you're really insecure. You are really insecure. You know, and and I learned that from the four agreements that like the second agreement, I believe, is um, uh, about the the projecting out, you know, like with, uh, um, you know, not taking anything personal, not taking anything personally. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And but, you know, an interesting thing that I've learned lately as my personality is starting to shift is people are telling me like, man, Sean, like you get like the best compliments, like, like you make me feel good. Like you, you say all these like incredible things, like you really lift me up. And then people started telling me, it's like, you know, you're reflecting yourself back. Like you're seeing things in other people that you actually see in yourself. Oh man. And then I was like, whoa, okay. So this is like, you know, that four agreements thing was a huge shift for me that people are projecting negativity out on me and that I do that to other people. But then like to also think about it in the flip of like, I can project positivity out. And there's even like this uh, uh, way of doing marketing, like where you learn about yourself. This guy taught me this where you... Um, you talk about the three people dead or alive that you would love to have dinner with. And then you talk about the three traits that you really admire about them. And then the last thing you do is talk about the one person you would not have come to that dinner. And then the three traits that, that really piss you off about that person. And you know what all that is? It's you. It's you. You make this list of Da Vinci, Jesus, like... Elon Musk, and whoever Hitler. the people are, I was thinking and then like, and 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 you say uh, creativity, uh, maverick, like empathetic, like really compassionate, blah blah blah. These are the traits that you admire about yourself. And then that that person that you like hate, and the traits that they have are the things that you've struggled with about yourself. It's yeah. all about yourself. Always. This is not uncommon, this narrative too, Sean, because I can think back to when I was bullied. Um, there was a, a guy named um, Tony and it was this black kid and I was super young. I think I, I was like 13. What are you right before high school? Like fifth grade? What are you like 12, 11, something like that? Yeah. So, so I remember I was like, I was getting spit on. I was getting bullied. Like he would, he threw like a, um, a lock, you know, like a master lock at me. And I was just like always getting beat up and in fights and just so bullied. And I, I, I think I developed the beginnings of racism toward African-Americans right then because I was like, oh, okay, well, if that's how black kids are, then I just planted a little seed in my mind that like, well, that's how most black people are. It took me many years to get through that and to, to develop compassion for him and just think about, can you imagine how challenging life was for him being a black kid in the 90s in East County, La Mesa, which is not exactly a very welcoming place to anybody who wasn't like white, had an American flag in a pickup truck. And we're at this really honestly beautiful and also painful birthing of some new understanding where it's really not a new understanding. It's an old understanding. It's, it's an all being all encompassing understanding that we are all the same. There is no separation. Everything that you've been talking about today isn't just true now. It's always been true. That's the big illusion that somehow um, because of my skin color or because of how much money I make or whatever it is that we're supposed to, quote, treat each other differently. But we're really looking at, and I'm curious how you feel about this, we're really looking at how racism, homophobia, and just judging people by anything else other than the fact that we're all the same has been layered, Sean, on top of economic policy that puppeteers us and plays us like we are left versus right, pro versus choice, Democrat versus Republican, pro-mask, anti-mask. We're all being played here. It's a big fucking sham. And that's what oh, lights me uh, up. The, the, the more we can be separated, the more we can be controlled. If, if like it's, you know, the, 
and it's not even the rich that's that's bad again like and it's and it's not even people that are necessarily politicians but there is a small number of people that are like you said puppeteering a lot of this that stand to gain from it and the easiest way to do that is to make us believe that we're not all together that we that we can be separated and anger because when we're angry we're not talking. And so when you look at someone's Facebook, they tend to have all the same people, the same values, the same ideas. And then they get rid of the people that have different ideas. There was even a study that they did this once where they uh, made someone's Facebook wall be the exact opposite political views. And, uh, and they found that like people shifted uh, their tolerance, you know, after like such a period of time. And again, like, it's crazy to me to think that to dehumanize someone because they're a Trump supporter, to dehumanize someone because they're a left wing person. This is exactly what's done in war. Yeah. You know, we dehumanize the enemy. So it makes it, uh, palatable. And makes it doable. Because if we have conversations, if we have empathy, it's so different. And it's so simple, but it's so hard to do because of this division, because of the message. I mean, capitalism as a notion isn't wrong. It drives the economy. But leveraged marketing through capitalism is creation of insecurity through psychographics. Okay. Can you go a little bit deeper into that? Because there's the lens of mental health right there. Can, can you drop down into the specifics of what you just said? Sure. Sure. I mean, the idea of marketing, uh, my undergrad was in this and, and I love science. The idea of marketing, it started with demographics. So like age, gender, you know, things like that and trying to put us in groups but then psychographics became the next science. And psychographics is, well, what motivates you? And what may, you know, gives you fear? And you know, what gives you feelings of love? And brands identify with these. Brands create these what's called avatars of, you know, their avatar is Miss Nancy Smith. And Miss Nancy Smith is a 35-year-old uh, you know, female that's white that makes uh, $45,000 a year and she lives in uh, Oklahoma and she's, you know, she owns a Jeep uh, Cherokee that's eight years old. They literally go into like the every brand she has, like, and then they, they start looking through that lens. But as we start using Facebook, as we use our phones, uh, you know, Apple and Google and all these algorithms, the searches we do, where we're at when we're making decisions, they look at like they that camera is always on. The camera looks at like your pupil size, your emotions on your face. The camera looks at your pupil size. I've never heard that. Oh, man, like everything, everything is allowed. Everything in those EULAs that we've given uh, rights to. Wow. Everything is allowed. Everyone share so, like, this right now. Everyone share this con- right now because I had no tracing, idea. Contact tracing, Apple and Google are working together so that like in, it's under the lens of COVID, right? To keep us safe. But, you know, it's like we can say uh, you were within four feet of this person. And, you know, so think about it. So like I'm having this emotion I'm making this these searches. I'm in this location. I'm with this certain friend feeling this way in this vehicle moving this amount of miles per hour over the speed limit. So that means emotionally I'm in this state. This is what's being played on the radio because it's always listening. If you look at your ads, it's always listening. The ads are based on what you're like listening to and what you're saying. Mm-hmm. So think about how intricate the algorithms are getting to advertise to you so that you're like i mean i don't know about you but it's like more and more and more it's like holy crap this thing is like dead on that's what i was talking about like that's what i was thinking about that's what i really wanted yeah and so 
they leverage that. So it becomes not only is it the things you want, but it's leveraging impulse. Impulse is going to be based on love or fear. The erotic and thanatop, uh, thanatoptic, like like literally like the the two poles, right? Mm. And it's and it's getting you to make impulse decisions because impulse is what's going to drive buying behavior. Mm. And so those are powerful, powerful things. Emotion drives buying behavior. So they're leveraging emotion. And if you think like clickbait, I mean, was, you know, 10 years ago, like on, on Google searches and, you know, whatever, like, you know, your news and kind of the homepage for Bing or whatever it was you were using. Yeah. And now it's, I mean, it's what people are using on their posts for Instagram. For everything. It's what, it's Sean, it's what I'm going to use used, for this podcast, man. I'm going to use the same thing. It's used on CNN. Conscious what, clickbait. Exactly. Exactly. So we're all leveraging it in everything, right? Like in a, in a rating scale, it has to be zero or 10 or, you know, one or five stars. Like we don't have moderate anymore. We want to be heard. We want to be extreme. And the only way to stand out now is to be extreme. The only way to stand out is to be the loudest voice in the room. And I'm asking you, can you be a little bit more agnostic? Can you be a little bit more libertarian? Can you be a little bit more pensive? Can you be the thinking, rational, listening person? And take a moment and breathe and see all the things that we have in common. I mean, we have 99% of the same genes in common with a chimpanzee. And think about how much we have in common with each other, me to you, to someone in Dubai, to someone in, in Africa that's, that's in a tribe. What do we want? We just want to be loved. We just want to feel important. We want to like feel like our life has purpose and relevance. No matter like what your religion, what your nation is. No matter what your upbringing is, no matter whether you're fat or thin or black or white or gay or straight or male or female, it's what we all want. So we have so much in common. Why is it so hard? And it's as these puppeteers get more savvy, they'll get better at separating us and making us feel fear and anger and love at moments and just be completely manipulated to where we're just emotional roller coasters or numb. But never where we're allowed to be listeners or empathetic. Let's pause right there because that in itself, rewind this, share this because we have the choice. I'm visualizing this meme that I've seen where there's a, a elephant. I was a horse actually. And the horse was tied to a plastic chair. And ever since that horse was a little tiny pony, it had been trained that when you have a rope around your noose, you are tied to something. Of course, the horse knows that it has to be there because it was taught that way ever since it was a child. The children in our nation are being taught by these advanced AI algorithms. You and I are talking about them. Well, the choice is here right now. And that's what lights me. I just got a full body rush, Sean, because whew, if we can all just take this in right now, what would love do in this moment? This isn't a hippie thing. We're not around the fire right now. Like this is love in action. Love listens, as you said, which man, that was so good. Like if you look at the best shows on the planet, it's the, the gaps, it's the listening I'm not trying to talk over you. You're not trying to talk over me. We're, we're here with each other. We're listening to one another. We're having a real dynamic back and forth conversation that involves pausing and reflecting. And I think what's going on is we have so many overlapping negative sources, the puppeteers, uh, unconscious capitalism, the way that we're hurting Mother Earth. There's so much of the get me what I need right now that we forget to listen to what our brothers and sisters need. That's what's really happening. 
And so what you're talking about with the awareness about the cell phone, the awareness about the Google algorithms, that's where it all begins. Like sharing is awareness. When I share on a podcast or when you share and when we share with our friends and family, like that is what promotes awareness. So if you could wave a magic wand, dude, and like you are in this show, if you could wave a wand, how would you change the narrative? Like, what would you say to not only just the kids coming up, but the parents of these kids and the conscious men that are leading this new wave of, of being in balance, masculine, feminine? What's the magic wand that you have? What would you create in this world? That's got to start with loving yourself. You, you, like, it goes back to that, um, the four agreements kind of concept and, and us projecting out on others. It's got to start with loving yourself. You have to figure out ways to tell yourself that you're enough. And that includes literally saying that to yourself with affirmations, uh, creating a vision board uh, so that you have some goals in front of you that allow you to chase your passions and dreams. Yes. And it's okay to find things that light you up. And maybe, you know, you can't work at that light you up job right now, but start making steps towards it. And maybe you can't get rid of all these people that are negative influences in your life right now, but start taking steps towards it. The steps are going to be game changers. You know, you're a product of the five people around you. You'll never work a day in your life. If you love what you do, all these things that people say they're true. Like, but you have to find ways to love you, to fill that empty hole, or else you will just be filling it with bullshit and hurt and pain and projecting that emptiness and hurt out on others. Mm. And until you start really doing, you know, I hear about authenticity all the time. And that is one of the most important things to show up and be authentic. But you can't be authentic if you don't know who the fuck you are. You have to do deep self-work to be authentic, to show up and be real. And that's going to be painful work to dig into all your hurt and be honest about it. The matrix is alive and well, but it doesn't mean that we're stuck. You know, it doesn't mean that we have to be pulled on by these strings for so much longer. Uh, it starts right now. It starts in this moment. That's why podcast is really the renaissance of media. And that's why having these type of conversations where this is live, this isn't edited, edited. You're like, you're here with us. <laughs> we're not going to edit this. We're just going to put it on iTunes and we're going to put it on YouTube. And you, y'all are here with us right now. We have people across the world that are writing us messages and tuning in. Like we all need this medicine. We all crave this medicine of like real conversation that hasn't been cut and snipped and, and chopped. Yes, I will turn this into some conscious clickbait so that I can get our brothers and sisters who are under the spell and get them over to the conversation we're having. Sean, this even idea of living our life well, it's what drives me, man. You know, the love that you're talking about and like loving myself, that is the ultimate journey. And I am still at 40 years old learning lessons every day about how I can love myself better and how I can look in the mirror. You know, you talked about the the vision board, which is a great tool. On my mirror in the bathroom in our master bath, I have trust, breathe, and listen. Those are the three words every single day when I brush my teeth. How do I trust? How do I breathe? Which goes with our breath work and the breathe program. And then how do I listen? So I love this man that, that you're talking about listening. When my mouth is closed, I'm breathing through my nose. When I'm breathing through my nose, I'm connected to my diaphragm. When I'm connected to my diaphragm, I can hear what you're saying. And that's some magic right there. So everyone, please trust, breathe, and listen more. But as I go down this path of, of living my life well, which is the whole point of this podcast, is sharing that journey, how would you define this? You know, If, if you were to put a, a label or just Sean's explanation or definition on living his life well, what does wellness mean to you? Like, How would you define wellness? The ability to grant oneself grace. I, I think that's it. Like, that's what I've learned. Like, you know, we're, we're so worried about making mistakes. We're so worried about how we'll be viewed, about being laughed at because I'm too fat. I'm too thin. I'm too rich. I'm too poor. I'm too white. I'm too black. 
I'm too Southern. I'm too Northern. I'm too American. I'm too foreign. There's so many reasons we can be divided. And there's so many reasons that people can judge us. But once you start granting yourself grace and saying, it's okay, you're doing your best. Because we're all out there doing our best. Project that out on people. See, that guy, maybe he's in an alleyway in a box. And, you know, that's where he's at. He's doing his best. Maybe he just screwed you over in a business deal. Where's he at in his life? You reap what you sow. He's hurting. He's doing his best. We're all out there trying to do our best. It's just a natural state of being. So grant yourself some grace and say, it's okay. And once you do that, you'll leave yourself space to achieve your best life. Sean, you gave me chills like three times during this podcast, which felt more like you and I in my living room. Um, I have so much love and respect for you, brother, with what you've created in health. And it's funny, like you're known as the ingredientologist. We didn't talk about anything nutrition at all today, but we did talk about the nutrients of the mind, the nutrients of the heart and share with people how they can connect with you. And also, man, how they can get involved in all the free things. You spend hundreds of thousands of dollars giving away free education every year to people. Um, share those couple things, how they can connect with you and, and how they can download the free things so they can biohack their self-love, which let's be honest, self-love is the ultimate biohack. hundred <laughs> percent. We were going to talk about biohacking today. Really, we're talking about healing mental health and self-love. Self-love is more powerful than a juve light. All right. Self-love wow. is more powerful than supplements. This is about self-love and that's the real journey, man. So please share. I totally agree with that. Uh, SeanWells.com, S-H-A-W-N, uh, SeanWells.com. And then uh, at Ingredientologist uh, everywhere else, uh, you know, you can look up Sean Wells, but like, you know, Instagram and all those things. I have a, uh, a pretty good Instagram platform with a lot of cool stuff. And um, at SeanWells.com, there's all kinds of free guides, like cited five to 10 page guides on keto on keto and women, uh, fasting and women, uh, paleo, vitamin C, vitamin D3, mushrooms, all kinds of things and immunity, like just tons of topics, great papers, the latest research. And then if you have any questions, whether it's related to my depression and suicide battles, like, or whether it's on ingredients and biochemistry or products, um, please just shoot them my way. Like I, I love to answer questions. I never charge anything for anything. Uh, everything is just from my heart. Well, thank you very much, man. Seanwells.com. Just a deep bow, a deep breath. Thank you, Sean, for coming on the show, for being a friend and for giving people the choice to not be the victim. That's what this conversation reminds me of. You know, we're not victims here. We all chose to come down on a soul contract and we're unfolding it as best we can. And the wellness that you talked about being our ability to grant grace, that's powerful, man. So thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. And Sean, we'll talk to you soon. Until we do, man, I and we and all of us, my eyes look at your eyes and we're all the same. So we're wishing you love and wellness. Love you, brother. Love Thank you, too, man. Hey, thanks for listening to the show, my friend. Everything you learned on this podcast starts with your morning practices. So from over 300 world-class guests, we pulled together six simple yet powerful morning practices down into a 21-minute system guaranteeing to increase your vibration and the way that you feel every day. Get this free powerful guide over at wellnessforce.com forward slash M21. And if you love this show, share it with somebody. Share it with somebody that you love or that you care about. You can support the show easily by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. Just go to wellnessforce.com forward slash review. Or if you're on your phone, just tap it, hit the link in purple that says review this podcast. And the journey does not stop here. We're continuing this discovering process in our private Facebook group over at wellnessforce.com forward slash group. You can be a part of it. You already are. All you have to do is join us at wellnessforce.com forward slash group and I will welcome you at the door. Now go out into your life and live your life well. 
And until I see you again real soon, I'm wishing you love and wellness.